This is Access Podcast, episode 149 with Anna and Aaron, encouraging you to fight for your mind, your body, and your soul. Welcome back, you guys. We're so glad that you have joined us for another week of fighting. If you are new, we just want to say welcome and thank you for listening. If you are a faithful listener, we want to say welcome and thank you for listening. You know, Aaron and I, we are just two regular people who live very normal lives just like you, but we have such a passion and a heart to live life aligned under the word of God and firmly rooted and grounded in his word and in who he says we are. And when we do that, we have found that there's such a joy that comes and there's such a passion and purpose that comes from living that way. And so we just wanted to share it. And that's why we started this podcast almost for about four years ago. And it has been such a blessing just to see how God has used it, not only in other people's lives, but more importantly, how he's used it in our own lives. Because when you get on every week and talk about fighting for your mind, body, and soul, guess what? You actually have to do it if you're not wanting to be a hypocrite. So, you know, Aaron and I, we fight all the time. We fight for our minds. We fight for our bodies. We fight for our souls. And we are just real, regular people. And we're just thankful that there are others of you too out there who love this message and who have found such um, just inspiration from it to know that you can live your life right where you're at with passion and purpose according to Him and bringing Him glory. And so, you know, Aaron and I, we used to work out together and we would get to know a lot about each other's lives and stuff, but we don't really work out together anymore, so we don't get to see or hear what's going on. And so this is actually our time also to get caught up and like kind of visit and see what's going on. And you guys always love to hear what's going on with our movement and what we're doing and also just kind of what God is speaking to us because we do believe that he speaks as we meet with him daily. So I'm, I just want to know what's been going on with you, Aaron. Well, first off, I want to say, I think one of the things that Anna and I have that are unique because often when we say that we live differently and we live aligned, we're not saying that you don't. Right. Because there's many people that live in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the unique perspective that we have and the desire that I have is to to show you our passions for for eating good and for working out and how those can be redeemed for Christ. Mm -hmm. Because I think the diet world and the fitness world has a really bad rap for being all about the wrong things. And so many in the Christian world would maybe um, just say, well, I'm not going to have anything to do with that because I don't want to get in the wrong wrong mindset. I don't want it to be a performance thing. Or obsessive about the way you look. Right, aesthetic thing, anything Mm -hmm. like that. But the unique thing that we have is we are trying to show you how you can also bring that into alignment with God. Mm -hmm. And it's very important, actually, in your walk with Christ, because when you eat good and when you move in the right way without being obsessive and taking it too far, you actually can have more energy to do the things God has called you to do. So I don't really know if there's other people, you know, putting out a message like that, but I've just been praying a lot lately to help me define our message and help me define our uniqueness. And I I really think that's what it is. And that's just what I felt like God has been stirring in my heart is to show that those things are not wrong. It's just, they can be done wrong when you're not bringing them under the alignment of God. Yeah. And so that's my heart for people and where my time with God lately, some of my thought prayers and things have been going. Um, and he's percolating something in that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but he is. Um, so that's exciting. Uh, I did get to get away with my husband this weekend, and it was really nice just to get a break. I think any relationship that you want to deepen, it's important to step away from the monotony and uh, allow for more space, allow for just unscheduled time Mm -hmm. to just explore and uh, be 
And I think that's true with anything. Um, if you're struggling in a relationship or not struggling and you just want to deepen um, your relationship with God, your relationship with your kids, anyone is get away yeah. and uh, change, change it up and allow space for that. It was really great. I know many times people will like to get away to receive more words or to learn more or uh, to to take in more. And I sort of live a life of that. I read lots of books. I listen to lots of podcasts. I take in a lot. I, I study. I love studying the word. That's one of the biggest ways that my relationship with God manifests. And this was more a time of just uh, deloading and really not receiving anything but just being. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really good for me and what God was wanting me to do in that time. Uh, We did hike. And uh, if you listen long, you know that we love hiking around here. Mm -hmm. And so, Anna, you when we did our 10-mile hike, you thought I was pretty fast, right? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> John, my oh, husband, John way fast. Oh, my, he didn't take any breaks, and he was like out. Well, yeah, he's like, used to rucking it with a like a forty pound sack yeah. on, you know, being in the Marines. Yeah, so he's he's like this is easy. <laughs> yeah, and I said I walk every day. He doesn't walk, you know, as much as I do, but. It was, he was like way leaving me behind and we're like, I need a break. I didn't want to be the one to say, can we sit down? I was like, uh, I need to fix my sock right. for a second. Um, tie my shoe. Right. So he just took off and we did a fun 10 mile hike that was lots of incline. Yeah. And really, really pretty, really nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, we used to talk about taking dates with God, you know, just taking that time away because... I think sometimes it's very hard to get that on a weekly or a daily basis to get like an extended time with the Lord. And it is so important if you do want to deepen to take that time once a week, once a month, whatever it is. And I really do need that time because I've been, you know, still reading my Bible and, and praying throughout the day, but I haven't had that real good, intimate, long prayer time in my closet for a while. So I'm kind of feeling the desire and um, just the need for that. So I'm probably going to be doing that soon. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, just reading in Ezekiel right now and just kind of being eyeball deep in that with commentary and and just wanting to really learn something that really stood out to me when I was reading in, I think it was chapter 19 or 20, God was, was saying, I'm going to do this for my namesake. And he kept saying, for my namesake, for my namesake. And I was just like, you know, just really um, hit with the realization that God is faithful to himself. (laughs) He's faithful to us, but he's really faithful because he is God. He, He will not go back on his word because he's faithful for his namesake. And it reminded me of one of my favorite scriptures in Psalms that says, for your namesake, lead and guide me. And as a kid, as a teenager, I would always, I don't know, that one just always stood out to me. And it was became a prayer of mine that it would be for God's namesake that he would lead and guide me because I claim his name. And I would always pray, Lord, I claim your name. So because I claim your name, please lead and guide me <laughs> and do not be, do not put your name to shame. And um, because I claim your name. And it was just a really powerful reminder of that we can do that. We claim his name. We are, our, his name is written on our hearts. And because of that, he will come through. He does come through because of his namesake, because he's faithful unto himself. And I just loved that reminder um, and just kind of taking that with me. And, and it's such a, such a strength building, such a faith building um, reminder. But yeah, for me too, I've been walking a lot and I've actually been working out less lately. Um, Just kind of going from four days of lifting to three, just because I've been fighting a cold and just needing a lot more rest. And it's really nice. Actually, less is more. (laughs) I know Aaron's probably been trying to tell me that for a long time, but it's like, yeah, less actually is more. You have more energy. Um, You know, I've always just been so fearful of doing that because I've been fearful of gaining weight. I've been fearful of losing progress, of losing strength. And um, it was just reminded to me this weekend 
that he has not given me a spirit of fear. And, and I can actually take that fear that it's irrational fear, but it's born out of years of experience of, you know, battling with weight and always needing to work out or always needing to diet or whatever. And it's like, I'm beginning to let go of that. And to say, Lord, you've not given me a spirit of fear to be going back to the way I was. I am a new creation. Now I am new. I have new habits and new thought patterns. And so it's just been so, I don't know, it's just been so great to just let it go (laughs) and just live in freedom and not in fear. And um, yeah, so I think we can run our heels into the ground by doing too much when we think that it's going to help us and it's actually not especially when it comes to our fitness and our diet and you know it's just that whole roller coaster or that that cycle of eat less work out more eat less work out more actually you're you're it's a detriment to your health it's a detriment to your overall weight loss in general and I'm really learning that right now and it's been it's wonderful yeah, wonderful lesson to learn. So yeah, that goes back to how the fitness world has really done a disservice, and um, a lot of people who do the programs and are really into bodybuilding and things—that's their full-time job. That's right. they don't have kids, and they're not homeschooling them and taking care of a home and things like that. Mm-hmm. And if they are and are doing all that, I can guarantee you, there's a hormonal imbalance that's not healthy. Right. You know, they may look great, but there's something probably underlying that's just waiting to explode. So mm-hmm. again, if we can learn some of the great principles that lifting weights are so great and so healthy, but but not doing it too hard and too, too much, much and too mm-hmm. often, it is actually, uh, I believe, where God wants us to be. He doesn't want us in those extremes. Right. Um, he just is, it's a great tool to feel better and to have more energy, not to take way too far to where it does the opposite of what we're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this week, you know, we, we've been in this book, um, Hearing from God by Dallas Willard, which Dallas Willard is just amazing. I just love almost everything that I have come across of his is just so rich and deep. And I'm excited to just dive into more of his stuff. But we took a few weeks off because we had some guests that we really wanted to get to. And so now we're actually going to be finishing up our book on hearing from God. And then next week, we're going to be on a break for Thanksgiving. And we hope that you'll also be on a break and just get some rest and maybe, um, you know, just be more present with your family or whatever it is. Um, We're not going to record next week. So just keep that in mind. But this week, Aaron is going to finish out the book hearing from God. And I'm excited to just get her thoughts on it because I know it's just so rich. Yeah, so this chapter is called Redemption Through the Word, and he says, God speaks not just for us and our purposes, nor does he speak primarily for our prosperity, safety, or gratification. Those who receive the grace of God's saving companionship in his word are by that fact also fitted to show humankind how to live. The light that they radiate is not what they do, but who they are. Mm-hmm. Only by showing how to live can we teach how to live. It is by the kind of life that is in us and that makes us examples of God's indwelling that we reveal the foundation for communicating God's redeeming word and spirit to an ever larger circle of human beings. An intercessor means one who is in such vital contact with God and with his fellow men that he is like a live wire closing the gap between the saving power of God and the sinful men who have been cut off from that power. An intercessor is the contacting link between the source of power, the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the objects needing that power and life. It is through the action of the word of God upon us, throughout us, and with us that we come to have the mind of Christ and thus to live fully in the kingdom of God. Just as with the invisible wind and its effects, we recognize the presence of God's kingdom in a person by its effects in and around them as they progressively become transformed into children of life, of light. Mm -hmm. And a a lot of what this chapter is talking about is being so permeated by God and his word 
that it comes off of us. We don't have to say certain things. We don't have to put on a certain act. It just comes off of us. Just as if you were in a room full of smoke, you would take on that scent and it would you would carry it then. Even if you're not in the room anymore, you would carry it and it would be on your clothes. That's the kind of thing that that this is about is that it so is in you and part of you and an aura around you that it comes out and is an actually an example of how to live and and God is actually using you as a tool as an ambassador to show others how to live. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of life, it's not a uh, a play acting, it's not a pretending thing. It's it's a life that you adopt and therefore must have if you want to be that messenger of God to hear from him. Mm-hmm. Also throughout this whole chapter and just something I feel the spirit has been telling me a lot lately is we get so focused on our life, what we're dealing with, what needs to happen and get fixed in my life or my family or my finances or my marriage or all of this, my, my, my. And we we lose our kingdom mindedness when we do that. Mm-hmm. We forget that we are a very, very small little pin in a cog of a much bigger picture. Mm -hmm. And when we focus on those tiny little annoyances in our life, those tiny little problems that we just want to be fixed and our whole being come become surrounded in, in that thing in our life, we completely Satan's like rejoicing because we have stepped out of the body of Christ and we've stepped into this self dominion, this self thing that we're trying to build and worry about in our own life. And there's a much bigger picture going on of the body of Christ. What is he doing in the community at large? And how can you assist him in that community at large? And when you're focused on your own little issues, you cannot focus outward and help in that. You are, you are disabled. Yeah. I mean, reading, reading through the prophets gives you that perspective because it's like, Think of the story that God has been telling since the beginning of time. It's still going. I mean, like he's still telling this epic, epic story. And just from me studying Revelation too, it's like, it's not over. And right now in 2021 is just where we're at. And like, it's just such a small part of this ginormous story that has been going on for thousands and thousands of years. And if that can help you with your perspective... I, I mean, it's huge. It really does help broaden it into knowing that, yeah, I am a small, small, small part in the story that God is creating. But thank God I'm a part, right? Mm-hmm. So he basically talks about how does the word give you this life? How does it redeem you into living this type of life? And he says, as the word of God in creation brought forth light and matter and life, So the gospel of Christ comes to us while we are biologically alive but dead to God. The gospel both empowers and calls forth a response by its own power, enabling us to see and enter the kingdom of God as participants. It opens the door of the mind and enters the heart. From there, it is able to progressively transform the whole personality. When this takes root in the heart and mind, a new life enters our personality and increasingly becomes our life as we learn to be guided by the Spirit. The uniqueness of each individual personality remains in the beauty and goodness of its natural life, but a holy radiance rests upon it and shines through it because it is now the temple of God, the area over which the larger and higher power of God plays. An additional spiritual life comes through the word of God as that word possesses and redirects the energies of the natural life to promote the ends of God's kingdom. Hmm. That reminds me of um, the uh, the Walking with God book by John Eldridge. He has a section in there called um, basically letting God recreate your personality around his love. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of this, you know, kind of the same thing that he's talking about. It's just, will you allow God to recreate your personality around his love? What would that look like? And kind of talking, just walking you through what that would look like. And it's really good. It's really powerful, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's really also hard because you have to give up certain things and, you know, you just refined. 
Right. But, but it doesn't diminish no, who it he makes made you, you more of who you are. Exactly. <laughs> it strengthens your strengths mm-hmm. and and shows you where where you need to uh, you know allow him to move and and work through you. Yes. Just think for a moment about what happens when you wash a dirty shirt. The water and laundry soap move through the fibers of the shirt material and carry out the dirt lodged within those fibers. When we come to God, our minds and hearts are like that dirty shirt, cluttered with false beliefs and attitudes, deadly feelings, past deeds, and misguided plans, hopes, and fears. Mm -hmm. The word of God, primarily the gospel of his kingdom and of the life and death of Jesus on our behalf, enters our mind and brings new life through faith. As we open our entire life to this new power, and as those sent by God minister the word to us, the word moves into every part of our personality, Mm -hmm. just like the water and soap move through the shirt's fibers. God's word pushes out and replaces all that is false and opposed to God's purposes in creating us and putting us in our unique place on earth. What a multitude of things must first be washed from the mind. And what an obstacle they pose to our hearing God. Only the powerful and living word of God is capable of removing them. And I thought Mm -hmm. that was a really pretty word picture. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very visual like that. Yeah, I love that. And it takes a lifetime. (laughs) All of that. I mean, it just takes daily time and a lifetime. So don't think, oh, yeah, I'm going to get washed through, like, and you're good. No, it's like it's every day. It's washing through the new things that come on and and the new thought patterns that come on and the sins. And, you know, it's just this daily justification, sanctification. It's the sanctification of our lives um, is that washing. Right. And really, it's the prep work for being able to recognize the voice of God, Mm -hmm. which is what the next chapter is. When a word or thought comes to us through others, the inner voice, some special experience, the Bible or circumstances, how do we know whether it is a word from God to us? The only answer to that question, how do we know whether this is from God, is by experience. Mm -hmm. Even a word-for-word quotation from the Bible can be put to a use that makes it only a message from the dear self or from Satan. The dangers of so-called proof texting, of taking biblical passages out of context to serve some preconceived purpose, are well known. A single statement taken directly from the Bible, even statements that are often invoked for personal application, may be used in ways contrary to the purposes of God, contrary to any meaning that he may have in mind for us. That is why only the Bible as a whole can be treated as the written word of God. Mm. In any case, we must certainly go beyond, though never around, the words of the Bible to find out what God is speaking to us. Mm-hmm. We've seen that happen. (laughs) Well, yeah. We've seen that happen a lot lately, actually, just to try to support other people's arguments. And it's like, but do you know the nature of God? Do you know what he meant by that scripture? Do you know all the scriptures around that scripture? And it's just, it's just funny to me that people, they really do try to do that. And that's why it's important to know the full counsel of the word of God, uh, because you can really spot uh, those times when people try to deceive deceive with the word and you know that that's sad that that happens but it does right and there's a part coming up that i'll note again when it when it comes up to help you kind of because the bible says a lot of contradictory things Mm -hmm. right and so um, or so it may seem (laughs) exactly uh but that's coming up yeah Um, perhaps our inability to recognize his voice right off is a result of our fallen and distorted condition Or perhaps it lies in the very nature of all personal relations. Certainly you and I did not recognize the voice of whoever is now most dear and intimate to us the first time we heard it. Or perhaps it is because of the very gentleness with which our Heavenly Father speaks to us. Whatever the reason, it seems that at first we must be told that to confidently distinguish and recognize His voice as His voice, that ability comes only with experience. God's impressions within and his word without are always corroborated by his providence around, and we should quietly wait until those three focus into one point. 
Many discussions about hearing God's voice speak of three points of reference, also called three lights, that we can consult in determining what God wants us to do. These are circumstances, impressions of the Spirit, passages from the Bible. Mm -hmm. When these three things point in the same direction, it is suggested we may be sure the direction in which they point is the one in which God intends for us. Right. But when God speaks and we recognize the voice as his voice, we really do so because our familiarity with that voice enables us to recognize it. We do not recognize it because we are good at playing a guessing game about how the occasions through which his direction comes do or do not match up with each other. It's, and that familiarity means experience. It's a practice. Practicing in, uh, isn't Brother Lawrence's book called Practicing the Presence of God. It's something mm-hmm. that you have to practice. Right. The quality of God's voice is more a matter of the weight or impact an impression makes on our consciousness. A certain steady and calm force with which communications from God impact our soul incline us toward assent and even toward active compliance. Our innermost being seems to say, yes, this is true and right. Mm -hmm. And then addressing the question of how we can distinguish the voice of God from the voice of our own subconscious is the voice of the subconscious argues with you, tries to convince you, but the inner voice of God does not argue does not try to convince you. Mm -hmm. It just speaks, Mm -hmm. and it is self-authenticating. It has the feel of the voice of God within it. Yeah, that that actually reminds me of something that happened to me yesterday. And it's it's such a silly thing, but I'm going to share because I think it's important to learn it in silly things so that you can really, really know that that it's him in big things. But I was doing the dishes, and somebody texted me and asked me a question, and it was... And she needed something. And so, and I didn't really want to stop what I was doing and like go and do, go and look for what I needed and to help her out. So I just, I I mean, I kind of lied. Okay. So I just said, I don't have it, you know, and I really felt the Holy Spirit say, but you didn't look. Maybe maybe you should look. And and it was, it was very gentle. It was not like an argument, argue, you know, it wasn't anything that was like, you shame on you. It was just real gentle, like, oh, but you didn't look. You could just look and and then be honest and like just help this person out because you might be really happy that you did. It was just like this really j- sweet and gentle mm-hmm. thing. So I was like, oh, man, I do want to do that. Like, I don't want to just brush it off and move on. Like, I want to be a person that helps other people and, and gets interrupted. Um, and that really was what it was. I didn't want to get interrupted. And the Holy Spirit was like, but that's what I do. I interrupt, you know, and that's how God works sometimes as he interrupts. And so I actually ended up having what she needed and, um, and helping her out. And it was just like, again, such a silly thing and such a, you know, stupid thing for me to lie about or just like brush to the side because I didn't want to be bothered. But I really, really did hear his voice in that moment. And I, and I can recognize it now later in other things and bigger things, because I know exactly what it sounds like, feels like. And, um, I don't know. I just thought it was such a cool little experience, you know, in that moment. So, yep. He continues to kind of go along that line. He says, the voice of God speaking in our souls also bears within itself a characteristic spirit. It is a spirit of exalted peacefulness and confidence of joy, of sweet reasonableness and of goodwill. His voice is not the voice of a bully. Mm-hmm. It will not run o- run over you and your will. Those who had seen Jesus and truly seen the Father who shared the same spirit. It is this spirit that marks the voice of God in our hearts. Any word that bears an opposite spirit most surely is not the voice of God. Yeah. And because his voice bears authority within itself, it does not need to be loud or hysterical. Mm, that's so good. So I have a story kind of like yours, but a little bit opposite. Mm-hmm. I was, and this was several years ago, but I was wanting to just kind of just chill out and watch a show. Mm-hmm. And so I found one on Netflix and I tried to play it and it didn't work. And I was like, I remember this is ridiculous. You told me this, yeah. Right. And I just heard this voice. I was like, well, you don't need to be watching that anyway. And it was just, 
I was having this argument and I was like, well, I don't even want to follow a God that talks to me that way, you know? And we had this whole argument back and forth and I couldn't get the stupid show to work. And so whether that was God or not, that voice though was not God because God Mm -hmm. doesn't come on to you in a way of shame and guilt. Exactly. Um, He doesn't take the choice away in those situations. Mm. Um, I I believe he can put obstacles and things like that in the way, but he's always going to give me that choice. Mm -hmm. And so it's very interesting how the spirit often wants to disguise himself as God to, to make you think he is that shameful and 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 accusatory God. Right. He's not (laughs) even in a thing, you know, Satan might have wanted me to watch that show because it wasn't great. But he was more productive in my life at yelling at me, trying to get me to think it was God saying not to watch the show mm-hmm. in that manner. Mm-hmm. He got me more in that than keeping me from watching right. the show. Because like, he knows your stubbornness and he mm-hmm. knows that you're not going to be told what to do. And, mm-hmm. and you know, like it was t- saying, if, if it, it's yourself, it's going to argue with yourself. Like God doesn't argue with you. Like he just gently suggested uh, you know, what I had said, he just gently suggested it. And it was like, Oh, I do want to do that. It was just, it wasn't bullying. It wasn't telling me what to do. It was just a simple suggestion that really felt good in my spirit. So finally, there is a content that marks the voice of God. This is a matter of what information the voice conveys to us. Perhaps we had better speak of a dimension of the content, since the specific content of an individualized word from God may not of itself be easily identifiable as having come from God. But this much we can say, the content of a word that is truly from God will always conform to and be consistent with the truths about God's nature and kingdom that are made clear in the Bible. Any content or claim that does not conform to biblical content is not a word from God, period. Mm, So good. Yep. In order to qualify as the voice of God, a thought, perception, or other experience must conform to the principles, the fundamental truths of Scripture. It is the principles, not the incidentals of Scripture that count here. This is what I was talking about earlier. Exactly. Study of the Scriptures makes clear that certain things are fundamental absolute, without exception. If the Bible says something once, notice it, but don't count it as a fundamental principle. If it says it twice, think about it twice. If it is repeated many times, then dwell on it and seek to understand it. Mm -hmm. What you want to believe from the Bible is its message on the whole and use it as a standard for interpreting the peripheral peripheral passages. Mm I hate when I mess up words, don't you? <laughs> okay. I, I'm just going to make a joke about Peripheral. it now because it happens so often. And it's like, oh, can I read? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the principles show up with stunning clarity as we become familiar with the overall content of scriptures. And that is such a oh good God, way so, of looking. It's so important, too, mm-hmm. because and, and I, it really takes time to be a student of the word to know the principles of the Bible and not, what did he call it? Not the incidentals. The incidentals. Pulling out those pulling teeny out those little scriptures things. that just you think they're going to apply. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, it, it's so much more than that. It's the whole counsel of God. And that I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have language around that now because, yeah. I don't know, it's something I've actually been really feeling and thinking about yes. a lot lately it's like but you're missing something like right and you, he yeah, just that defined is it true that scripture is true but does it fit in the overall you know message and theme of what the word is mm-hmm. and in the nature of god and so yeah i'm really yes. glad to know those yeah i think i will take that into a lot that that phrasing that he used mm-hmm. and just finally in this chapter he says more of god speaking to me has come in conjunction with study and teaching of the bible than with anything else and i have to say i completely agree that's you know that's when you've kind of made space if you read the Bible to not just read it, you know, and check the box. You read it to understand you, it. You do. You allow space for God to speak. And there's many times like a scripture, something you've kind of been praying about. It's not even on your mind right there. And a scripture will just speak to that area in your life. And you're like, whoa, okay, mm-hmm. this this is what God has for me. Um, so, so that's definitely a place that I 
hear from God a lot. Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, there are stories that I could tell of that exact thing happening mm-hmm. where I was praying about something and then I was reading the word. Right. And it was the answer. Right. And it went pier- It pierced to that. And I wasn't even asking that question. I had asked the question weeks ago. Exactly. But then it pierced exactly. me yes. in that moment. And gosh. He actually talks about that. I don't know if I get into that, but just like... Asking and then kind of just letting it go mm-hmm. uh, is often, and then later when you're not thinking about it, often the answer, the comes. answer comes. And I've found that to be so true. Well, because I really feel like that shows a level of trust to know mm-hmm. that, Lord, you will answer this, mm-hmm. but it will be in your timing and it will be in your way. <laughs> but please just let me know that it's the answer. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when it comes mm-hmm. and you, you'll know, I mean, it just pierces your heart. It pierces your spirit. To know that that is is right from God. And I do agree with Aaron. Like, the Lord speaks to me hugely through his word. Um, probably the number one way that he mm-hmm. speaks is through his mm-hmm. word. And it's always been that way. Yeah. So yeah. I'm thankful I know for that. my husband would say he, he hears more God more in nature. Like, when he's right. sitting outside and things like that. So, I know. Not um, everybody is not that everybody, way. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, there's space for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then nine, um, he says, he calls this a life more than guidance. Misunderstandings, mental confusions, and mistaken beliefs about God and communications between him and his creatures make a strong walk with him impossible, even if we don't think about how we hear God or not. I've seen repeatedly confirmed in often tragic cases the dire consequences of refusing to give deep, thoughtful consideration to the ways God chooses to deal with us. Instead, people often rely on whatever whimsical ideas and preconceptions about his ways happen to be flying around. That is very dangerous to our health and well-being. Oh, how much of that is going on right now? Yeah. Crystals or, you know, just all the things that... And people put the label of God on it. It's like, no, (laughs) sorry, that's... yeah. That's not God. Right. Yeah. Indeed, when we do not make the effort to understand God's dealings with humanity or to study the Bible and whatever else may help us to understand it, we are in rebellion against the express will of God. Mm -hmm. For he commands us to love him with all our mind as well as with all our heart, soul, and strength. We can therefore say on scriptural grounds that it is the direct and inclusive will of God that we study his ways of communicating with us. The conscience rejection of thoughtful and careful study is not faith, and it does not spring from faith. It is the rejection of the God-appointed means to God-appointed ends. Hmm. The doleful reality is that very few human beings really do concretely desire to hear what God has to say to them. This is shown by how rarely we listen for his voice when we are not in trouble or when we are not being faced with a decision that we do not know how to handle. People who understand and warmly desire to hear God's voice will, by contrast, want to hear it when life is uneventful, just as much as when they are facing trouble or big decisions. Mm -hmm. James Dobson has given some of the best practical advice I have heard on how someone who really wants the will of God and who has a basically correct understanding of it, should proceed. Describing how he does it himself, he says, I get down on my knees and say, Lord, I need to know what you want me to do, and I am listening. Please speak to me through my friends, books, magazines I pick up and read, and through circumstances. Mm, that's good. The simplicity of this should not mislead us. When we are in a proper, well-functioning relationship with God, this is exactly what we are to do. And then we are, as Dobson says, to listen. This means that we should pay a special kind of attention both to what is going on within us and to our surrounding circumstances. When I want to hear from God, I ask him to speak to me. And then as I go through my days, I listen for that voice or the thought that comes from him to help me understand things. It is amazing how often we don't ask for what we need. But when we do ask, we expect it and watch for it. I'm often in the midst of something else when the answer comes. Right, and we talked exactly. about that earlier. It reminds me too, back going back to John Eldridge, where he really does encourage you to actually practice hearing the voice of God when things aren't intense, mm-hmm. when you don't need an answer right away, when when your life is, you know, not kind of in a valley or or you're, you know, you're just kind of just living life. It's just normal mm-hmm. life. It's like mm-hmm. he, he says that those are the times to really 
try practicing the voice of God so that when harder times come and you and and the answers to things are more serious, mm-hmm. then you really do knew, know that it's God. Right. He said, being uncertain doesn't mean you haven't heard. Remember, too, that scientists check their results by rerunning experiments. We should be so humble. If I am given nothing, my next step is to say, is there anything in me that is preventing you from speaking clearly about this matter? If there is something in my attitude, please tell me. That answer may come in various ways. I don't believe God messes with our minds. He is not mean, and if he has something to say to me, he will say it. If this does not happen, I generally cease to seek God's word specifically on the matter in question. I do not cease my general attitude of listening, but I am neither disappointed nor alarmed nor even concerned. Generally, it is much more important to cultivate the quiet, inward space of a constant listening than to always be approaching God for specific direction. God often speaks without our initiating any such procedure of seeking his individualized word as I have just described. We must also not be misled into thinking that there is some surefire technique Mm -hmm. for squeezing what we want to know out of God. (laughs) A life surrendered to God, a humble openness to his direction, even when it is contrary to our wants and assumptions, experience with the way his word comes to us, and fervent but patient requests for guidance, these do not constitute a method for getting an answer from him. Right. We now turn to what surely is one of the greatest problems in the devout person's attempt to receive God's word. Even if we are not in disobedience to God, even if our hearts are attuned to his will, there will be many times in which God does not send a particularized word. What then are we to do? We must not automatically assume that if God does not communicate with us on a particular matter, we are displeasing to him. Right. If that is the case, which of course remains possible and should always be considered, there are ways of finding this out. It will be something that can be discovered and clearly known if we seek it out through honest examination of our lives, through counsel with Christian friends and leaders, and through asking the Lord to reveal it to us. There are reasons other than his displeasure why a specific word may not be forthcoming to us in a particular case. One of the major other reasons is that in general, it is God's will that we ourselves should have a great part in determining our path through life. Mm -hmm. God does not have an ideal, detailed life plan uniquely designed for each believer that must be discovered in order to make correct decisions. And this is so key. (laughs) I hear so many people that think they messed it up and it's too late and the end. And and it's not like that. (laughs) So the perfect will of God may allow for a particular person a number of different alternatives. For most people, for example, a number of different choices in selecting a partner or none at all. Various vocations, educational institutions, or places of residence may all equally be God's perfect will. None of them may be in themselves better or preferred by God in relation to the ultimate outcome desired by him. The sincere seeker should assume that this is so and should move forward with faith in God if no specific word comes on the matter concerned after a reasonable period of time. Hmm. Sometimes we find ourselves without God's specific communication, not because our Father wishes us to decide something. There are also times when we are face-to-face with the powers of darkness that inhabit our universe along with us. A battle is going on in the universe as we live in this universe and share in God's activity, both of creation and redemption. There are moments when we stand alone. There is something even greater than always knowing what is the right thing to do and always being directed by the present hand of God. Even in the hour of darkness, these three faith, hope, and love remained with Christ. They will remain with us. Mm -hmm. The great height of our development as disciples of Christ is not that we always hear God's voice, but that we are trained under the hand of God, which includes hearing God as he speaks and guides, in such a way that we are able to stand at our appointed times and places in faith, hope, and love, even without a word from God. That's good. And so finally, he kind of gives, he does talk about, don't make this formulaic, right? Yeah. Completely. Make this your own. But does he have some some general guidelines? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so these are what he says to do, kind of some general guidelines to 
to help you, to assist you in learning how to hear from God. And a lot of times uh, what I used to tell my dancers is before you can break the rules, you have to learn the rules. Exactly. And so learn the rules. Maybe that's where you need to start your baby steps. And then as you develop and mature, then you can start to see where you can kind of bend and, and break that that formulaic nature and it becomes your own. Yes. So he says, we intend, plan, and make provision to do what we know to be morally right and what we know to be explicitly commanded by God so far as it lies within our understanding and conscience, conscious will. Mm-hmm. At the impulse of the Spirit of God, we do service to the good wherever it may appear. We meditate constantly God's principles for life as set forth in the scriptures, always striving to penetrate more deeply into their meaning and into their application for our own lives. Mm -hmm. We pay close attention to what is happening in our life for God's communications in our mind and in our heart. We pray and speak to God constantly and specifically about all matters that concern us. We listen carefully and deliberately for God, paying close attention to what we hear. And in those cases where we don't hear from him, of course, there are the ways that he suggested to look mm-hmm. through and discover why you not might not be hearing. Mm-hmm. But there it is. That's very it's simple. Very simple. Live a life penetrated by him. Continue to study his word. Mm-hmm. Ask. Live according listen. to his principles. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of a message from Stephen Furtick, which I don't listen to him a whole lot. But um, there was one years ago that was called God's Will is Whatever. And it was talking about how, you know, a lot of people get so caught up into not making any decision because they're so fearful of making the wrong decision when his whole, you know, message is about God doesn't really care so much about what you do as much as just who you are and who you're becoming. And that kind of is the same what he's saying. It's like, it, you know, you get to decide as long as you're living under him and in him and in service to others and under his principles, you get to decide based on your personality, based on your gifts, based on the way that he's created you. And I think for me, going through this book, it has really taken the pressure off. It is simplified hearing from God in a way that I really, really needed. Because uh, I'm the kind of person that I really, really, really want to please God to the point of not doing anything because I'm fearful of doing the wrong thing. And this has kind of just shown me is like, you're free. Mm-hmm. Do what you want. Mm-hmm. Do what you want to do and and know that the Lord is with you. And if he isn't speaking, it doesn't mean he's angry with you. And, you know, it's just like, I'd always hear, well, God, if you haven't, if you haven't spoken, I'm not going to do anything. If you haven't spoken. And it's like, even the first few chapters of the book was just like, no, that is the wrong idea to have. Mm-hmm. And I am so thankful. And I'm going to be going back because, again, Aaron and I, we share just the snippets. And this book is so rich and mm-hmm. full. So I'm definitely going to be going back and spending some time really enjoying it and taking mm-hmm. my time with it. Mm-hmm. So it's been so good. Yeah, I think, you know, the danger of writing a specific book like this or reading a specific book like this is we can turn it into a performance thing. We can Mm -hmm. turn it into a formulaic thing. We can turn it into a religion rather than bringing God in. But I, I can just sense, you know, like he, he talked about like the content I sense in it. it, My spirit says, yes, Mm -hmm. I I so agree Mm -hmm. with those things. So if you, have that sense that it's it's making you feel more that performance or religion or whatever. Um, I just ask you to pray about that because that's not the heart that I feel in right. this at all. And if that were the case, then we couldn't discuss anything, yeah. and we would just all live in this like, you know, oh don't don't tell me anything because I gotta figure it out for my own sake or I got to figure out what's right right like with it there's not really a right way to hear from God there's so many different ways to hear from God and I think just learning his nature and learning that he's constantly speaking if we're listening and you know just that he wants to partner with us and that there's just so many great nuggets that I have taken away and want to just even dive deeper into Mm -hmm. and I hope that you have as well listening to this over the last few episodes that we've done, um, man, there are so many uh, resources out there to help us really learn to hear from God. And that's our heart for you. 
So anything else? Well, I just want to say our heart in this podcast is never to come on and say we have all the answers or you need to do it this way. It's basically us wrestling Mm -hmm. with concept and principles and the things that we are praying about with God and just kind of chatting about them. Right. So I hope that you see that we're not saying, well, if you don't get a word, you know, or if you don't study this way or anything like that, that you don't feel that that uh, we're being prideful or inferior to you or anything like that. We just like to tell you what's going on in our minds and it's kind of all over the place sometimes. Sometimes it is, but, but like, it's, it's, that's what wrestling is. It is. I it's mean, so great to just be able to get it out. And a lot of times that's how I process mm-hmm. just the thoughts. And even when I say thoughts, just kind of the things I feel God is saying to me. Right. And I haven't really had them clearly come out. But thank you that I get to come on here and kind of just... <laughs> you know, him and haw and say this right. and that. And in that, I, I often process and really get a more clearer word. And yeah. often when I listen to podcasts of that same nature, I get clear words through that. So I, I hope that it comes out. Totally. I think, you know, the Holy Spirit can speak different things to different people. And that's what I'm really thankful for is that it's so nuanced. It's so individualized. And I'm just thankful for that, you know, that the Spirit really is. And Um, We just hope that whether you've listened for four years or you've just listened for the very first time today, that you walk away with some value, that you walk away um, just with some thoughts that maybe you want to wrestle with as well, that you would take to the Lord and ask for His leading and His guiding and and what you would have to do with them, because that's kind of what we're here for. We just want to point to Jesus because He really is... um, everything. He is, he is everything to us. And, and we want each and every one of you to experience life with him aligned under him, uh, because we know it's truly life changing. And so we just thank you so much for listening. And we will come back in about two weeks and we hope that you have a great Thanksgiving until next time. This is Anna and Aaron.